But what if it was in his mercy that he has allowed Brexit? Ten years ago at a birthday party, I said to a friend that we need to leave the EU. He looked startled as if I was crazy. He clearly wasn't impressed by the thought. Back then, no one was discussing the matter except UKIP, which was a fringe party at the time. But it wasn't a subject that anyone discussed in private, very rarely in the media. Fast forward a decade and Brexit has divided the nation. It's divided families and friends. We say divided, in reality, the topics expose foundational values, beliefs, worldviews. Who could have predicted the events of the last four or five years? David Cameron promised an in-out referendum on Brexit if he won a majority. Cameron didn't want to leave the EU. He didn't want a referendum. But Farage had generated enough steam in the preceding years to force his hand. And the chances of him winning a majority were slim according to the polls. So why not throw it out there and brush it aside when he forms a minority government? Or so he thought. To Cameron's surprise, with the Brexit referendum on the table, he won a majority. He was now compelled to put the vote to the people and campaign for remaining. The government spent a reported £9 million on leaflets, urging the British public to remain in the EU, asserting that they would deliver on the vote. The people voted. Weeks and months of argument and dispute and all the rest of it, the British people have spoken and the answer is, we're out. To combat extreme nationalism after World War II, Winston Churchill, among others, advocated for a United States of Europe. They envisioned freedom of movement, values of human rights and democracy, even a unified college where future leaders of Europe could live and study together. In 1952, Six Nations created the European Coal and Steel Community. The idea was that if they tied together the industries that were essential for war, the chances of one nation attacking another would be less likely. In 57 came the European Economic Community and the Customs Union. Then arose the EAEC, the TREVI, the EPC, the WEU, the JHA and a bunch of other acronyms and treaties. It's hard to keep up. The European Union morphed into this machine that tied together economies, the judicial system, regulatory laws, foreign and security policies. What was once promoted as more democratic became undemocratic in the eyes of the British public, with those writing the law in Brussels having never been elected to do so. Our elected MEPs could only vote for or against whatever they decided. They had no say in directing the ship our Parliament's authority was being ebbed away. When this extremely, and I would say purposely, overcomplicated matrix of systems were exposed to the Brits through a handful of political figures and social media, they had had enough. The majority voted out. Article 50 was triggered by a parliamentary vote. And then we had three and a half years of politicians attempting to thwart the process, which I believe was a spiritual battle intentionally played out before the world. Cameron resigned, May resigned, the impasse ended in a general election with a huge majority win for Boris Johnson, who campaigned with the catchphrase, get Brexit done. 
Moreover, I don't think it was a coincidence that anti-Semitism within the Labour Party played a factor in the voting. No one predicted the worst result for Labour since 1935. Now, Brexit will finally happen on the 31st of this month with negotiations of how our relationship will look with the EU to follow. I voted Leave. I despise racism. I'm not anti-immigration. My wife is not originally from the UK, although I do think we should be careful which gods we import. I've travelled to most countries in Europe. I love the diversity of people and culture. There's nothing quite like a steak and a glass of Chateau Neuve de Pape with friends after a long day fishing in France. I wouldn't make the argument that we would be economically better off in or out. And the economy of a nation is not indicative of its spiritual health. Luxury slippers prefer to stay indoors. Sooner, the dusty, beautiful feet of him who brings good news. What I take issue with is the central control in Brussels and Strasbourg. And this is where my biblical framework kicks in. When I was young, I believed God viewed the world as one people. National borders, even land ownership, were social constructs. But actually, God peers down on the nations. In Genesis 11, we read uh, about the city of Babel. God commanded mankind to spread out over the earth. But because they all spoke the same language, they were able to conspire together to reach the heavens. Better together, stronger together, they thought. But pride drove them to build something great, to make a name for themselves. And displeased, God divided them instantaneously, giving them different languages. God created natural barriers between peoples. That peoples should be separated and have boundaries is foreign thinking for many today, as we're told to kneel, to bow at the altar of diversity. But God knows that pride is always lurking at the door. God separated people into groups, creating national divisions. We read in Acts that he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God. Though we are all one from Adam, grouping into specific territories is a fundamental. It may come as a surprise, but the Bible describes nations existing eternally. Even once Jesus has returned and is ruling the planet, God's enduring divine order means the grouping of people into nations. And it's still in play more than 4,000 years on. I can drive 45 minutes from here and I can't understand the language. God bless the Welsh. Christians in the West tend to think of our relationship with God as exclusively individualistic. Yes, our individual salvation is determined on the response to the cross, but God deals with mankind primarily through corporate bodies, families, the church, nations. He steers nations. He makes nations great. He destroys them. He enlarges nations. He leads them away. He works through them. The gospel of the kingdom is founded upon the Abrahamic covenant, which focuses on one nation to restore all nations. God will bring about the restitution of all things through his national vehicle, Israel. Israel, as Samuel Whitefield puts it, is the burning bush for all nations to marvel at. We learn about how God deals with mankind by peering into how he deals with national Israel throughout the scriptures. God warned Israel not to get tied up with other nations. They were told, 
You shall make no covenant with them and their gods. And then later, take care lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land to which you go, lest it become a snare in your midst. Back then, when peoples made a covenant, an acknowledgement of each other's gods would follow. Today, it's not that dissimilar. Our prime minister may not release a statement acknowledging stone and wooden gods of Europe, but make no mistake that the binding of one nation to another means subtly honouring the other's political, social, economic, cultural and spiritual ways. In turn, the fabric of those nations is altered. A nation that is founded upon the true God is then inclined to religious pluralism. All gods of the people are equal, they demand. But our God is a jealous God. Israel would later suffer the consequences of breaking that key command regarding making covenants with other peoples. And I believe today's provocation they receive is in part an enduring effect of that. The UK should be careful about making any agreements with other countries. For sure, we can arrange trade agreements and alike, but we should not be yoking ourselves with other countries that do not hold to the same foundations. Now, sure, you can argue that we're no longer a Christian nation and our values are comparable. We may have stumbled, but we don't bind ourselves to others who are unchristian, which would prevent us from standing once more for Christ. The Christian walk can be a lonely one, individually, perhaps nationally. It is my understanding that at the heart of the EU is a doctrine of forming one nation under the same laws, army, culture, anthem, flag. You don't have to look far to see there's an attempt to reverse what God ordained at Babel from an iconic building in Strasbourg that was designed in the image of the Tower of Babel. The towers built solely for interpreters and translators at the European Court of Justice in Luxembourg. An official EU poster which depicts the Tower of Babel with robotic people. Notice the baby is spherical, but once they are indoctrinated, they become box-like. Even the mainstream media didn't miss it. This is pushing back against God's order of things and therefore his plans for them. In doing so, it proves harder that they should see God. Its formation then shouts of demonic activity, something I have experienced firsthand having spent the best part of a year in Brussels. I'll be glad to see our nation cut loose from that demonic stronghold. I will point out that I do not hold to the belief that the EU is becoming a revived Roman Empire that will be led by the Antichrist, so you can't pin that one on me for viewing Brexit in positive light. Some may say, would the United States of Europe not be like the US? Well, no, I think it's clear the North American states would be regarded as, as part of the same nation with one tongue, one mind. Nations, goyim, are defined in Genesis 10 by land, language and families. We are a peculiar nation, a nation of nations. I'm not comparing us with Israel. We don't take centre stage. I doubt we're even mentioned in scripture, unless we are Tarshish which is not a good thing, or the far coastlands, but we're certainly not major players. Britain, though, has developed great influence the world over. 
The British Empire, at its height, was the largest in history, spreading over 23% of global population, 24% of global land area. They called it the empire on which the sun never set. As a result, its political, legal, linguistic and cultural legacy is widespread. For such a small group of islands, God has raised us up to impact the globe in dramatic ways. Greek was the international language at the time of Jesus. Today, English is the international language. I'm flying to Israel tomorrow and I'm glad they can all speak English. We've played our part in the land of Israel too, for better and for worse. Today, we're encouraged to be ashamed of the empire. But with infrastructure and schooling and the rest of it also went the gospel. We are built on Judeo-Christian foundations and God used the British Empire to plough the message of Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, around the world. We've raised some of the greatest preachers. We've exported some of the greatest missionaries. There is something about our nation. I don't want to overplay our hand yet. I believe God is setting apart our nation from the EU nations. At a time when the pews are empty and the culture seems so far from God, leaving the EU, I believe, is an act of God. And maybe you voted remain. Don't unsubscribe just because I voted leave. Perhaps you're predicting economic doom for our nation. But what if it was in his mercy that he has allowed Brexit, this inconceivable giant to raise its head and cut us loose from bondage. God has allowed this to happen, whichever way you voted, and I have friends who voted both remain and leave. Considering he rules over the nations, you must decide, is it A, in his wrath, or B, in his mercy? I choose mercy and not in blind optimism. As Christians, we certainly should not be dividing over this topic. Let's discuss it. The whole nation is discussing it. I'm simply scratching the surface here. Let's talk to each other about why we voted the way we did, what biblical framework we are coming from. Let's pray for the nation, its leaders. When our blood boils over Brexit, let us recall Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth.